Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Tom Yoder. And I'm Sarah Severson, and we're the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Jack Turner in February at the Durango Arts Center and Sunflower Theater when the theme was love. Jack is a fifth-generation Durango native and gives directions using landmarks now missing. The Chief Diner, Hogan's Store, Federal Lumber, or the Graydon Flour Mill. Jack is a member of the Explorers Club, has traveled the world from Iran to China, and the Arctic Circle to Ignacio, Colorado. However, he still has a hard time finding the proper exit from Home Depot. Here is Jack's story. My story is called uh, A Message of Love Came by Night. It's actually about a bird. So if I said night and bird, I mean, what would you think of? An owl, right. That's what I thought of. My mom said a nightingale. Anyway, but that's a good one too. But uh, the uh, owls are really amazing creatures. I don't know how many of you have ever seen one in the wild. You might have actually been really close to one and never known it. You know, owls, the way their wings are designed and their feathers, they can fly and virtually make no sound. I mean, they can get within an inch of a rodent they're hunting and they can't be heard. And they come in all different sizes. You know, the great, I think it's called the great gray owls are almost three foot tall. And, but most owls are actually really little. The little uh, elf owl is about an ounce and a half and about the size of a tennis ball. And uh, you've all heard about owls and their eyesight, and they have these great big eyes. But they're not eyeballs that roll around in their head. Or they're, they're actually more like two tubes, like telescopes. That's why they can see so far. They can actually see something the size of a mouse a half a mile away at night. Some owls can. And uh, because their eyes don't roll around their head, that's why they've got to turn their head so far. And you know, owls can rotate their head 270 degrees without killing themselves. Well, they're just these amazing creatures, and they're, they're also mystical creatures, you know, especially in the Native American tribes, every, virtually every tribe, and especially down here in the Southwest, the Navajo and the Hopi and the Zuni and the Apache and the different you know, clans and tribes that live around here all have stories about you know, the owls, and typically they're you know, mystical creatures that can communicate with ancestors and uh, can bring messages by night. And in the Zuni religion... The owl is called the night grandfather. And they're said to be clairvoyant, that they can see that which cannot be seen and can bring all sorts of special messages and that sort of thing. So my story is about an owl, and I almost killed it. First time by accident, and the second time almost on purpose, but just so you know, I didn't do that. So I was in 1987. I was living in Park City, Utah at the time. And I lived out of town, and I, I can't remember what I was going to town for, but I was by myself on a country road, and I was driving along, and there was a little something in the middle of the road. You know how you see like a paper cup or a piece of garbage, so you sort of straddle it. So as I got closer and the headlights come in, I was like, God, it looked like a little bird, and I went right over the top of it, never hit it. But I was looked in my rearview mirror and saw this little tumble, tumble, tumble off the side like a, like a paper cup. I, ugh, luckily, there was nobody behind me, so I, I, I hit the brakes and put it in reverse, I had a standard and backing up down the road and back to where I was and 
kind of shine my lights over the side where I saw it go over. And I get out of the car and walk over there, and I look around in the, on the side of the road there, and God, I found this little tiny owl. I mean, it was just the tiniest little thing. It was so soft, you could hardly feel it in your hands. I, I can't remember all the colors on it, but I remember that the breast was just pure white, and it was so soft, you almost, you almost weren't sure you were touching it even. It was so little, and it was just perfectly still. And You know, I hadn't been... I didn't know why it had been sitting there. I thought maybe it got hit by another car, but didn't have any damage on it. But one eye was wide open, looked like a regular owl, and the other eye was completely closed. So it was like this. It was like paralyzed or something. So I thought, well, maybe it got knocked out. And I thought, well, I should leave it here. And I thought, well, there's coyotes everywhere, and they're going to eat it. So I was kind of contemplating actually killing it at the time to put it out of its misery so it wouldn't get picked apart bite by bite. I didn't have the guts or feeling to do that. But I had a, a like an old McDonald's bag in my car, and I thought, there's some little girls that live next door to me. I thought, well, maybe they'll like to see what a, a little owl looks like. So I went and picked up this owl, put it in the paper bag, rolled it up, put it in my car, and I was only about a quarter mile from my house, so I turned around and drove back, and, and uh, I didn't really have an owl cage. But I did have a cat carrier. So I took it out of the bag, and of course the whole time you're wondering, God, I wonder if it has fleas or anything like that, you know. So I put this little owl in there, and it was just laying on its side, you know, one eye open, one eye, one half paralyzed, and shut the door and had to go to my meeting. And I figured when I get home, I'd probably have a dead owl there. So I came back a couple hours later, walk in my house, put my coat away, go look in the cat cage, and God, this owl is sitting up. And it looks fine. I thought, wow, I better not say this till tomorrow to show these kids next door. So I thought, I wonder if, it, if it's okay. So I, I, I took the cat cage out on the back deck and set it on the rail and opened up the little door there and let it out and kind of shook it a little bit and suddenly, this owl just flies away. Isn't that an amazing story? <laughs> yeah, that's not the end. So the next day, and by the way, every detail of this is true. The next day, a package shows up at my house. It's about 16 inches by 16 inches by 6 or 7 inches. And my mom had sent it to me. It was wrapped in brown paper. I can remember it so well. And I can't remember if I had string around it or not. I think you could still mail the string around stuff back then. That's my mom right there, by the way, <laughs> and her sister. So this box shows up, and I'm going, God, I wonder what this is. So I you know, tear off the paper and everything, and I open up this box, and right away I can see these in baskets that were woven. Um, uh, one was, uh, I learned recently that actually one was from Africa, but two of them were uh, from the Hickory Apache tribe that my grandmother had collected. She was a trader. Uh, she and her husband ran the Mesa Verde Company. And she traded silver and baskets and rugs and all that sort of stuff. And she had passed away in 1987. She was born in 1897. She was 90 years old and passed away that earlier that year. And mom and her, my, and her sister, who's also right there, they're triplets, by the way. <laughs> Birthday's pretty soon. But anyway, they had sent me, you know, they divvied up our grandmother's stuff and I got these three baskets. And they were sort of packed like this. And in the middle of this package was a little box, I think it was white, 
about the size of a coffee cup. So I kind of wonder what this is, you know. It's probably something from my grandmother. So I, you know, cut the piece of tape with my thumbnail and open it up, and there's all this tissue paper in there. My mom's a great packer and wrapper. <laughs> and I look in this till, and this little owl was in there. <laughs> this little owl is made by the Zuni people. And they call this the grandfather of the night. So I was pretty blown away. But let me tell you what makes this story really interesting or special to me. From the time I was a little kid, my grandmother's nickname was Hootie. <laughs> and she had caught shingles or gotten shingles when she was like 60 or so. I don't know. She was old always to me. But <laughs> she'd gotten shingles and half of her face, face was paralyzed. I looked at this, and I thought, God damn, this is a message from my grandmother just to tell me everything was going to be all right. Thanks, Mom. Thank you so much, Jack, for sharing your story with us. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. A list of our live storytelling events in 2019 is also on our website on the events page. Subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and share these stories with your friends. If a particular story makes you laugh, cry, or look at your world with a little bit more clarity, please leave a comment and let us know. Big thanks to our photographer, McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots. Check out the portraits of our storytellers on the gallery page of the Raven Narratives website, and be sure to visit her website at redscarfshots.com. And thanks to our fiscal nonprofit sponsor, Mancus Valley Resources. Find out more about the wonderful projects they support in the Mancus Valley of Colorado at mancusvalleyresources.com. The website for buying Raven Narratives tickets, ravennarrativestickets.org, was created by Cortez Web Services. Check out how they can help your business online at cortezweb.com. And our theme music was written and composed by Mo Cooley and performed by Mo and the Motones. Find out more about their music on the Motones Facebook page. That's M-O-E Tones on Facebook. Now for the outtake. <laughs> but do you hear the tea if you want to hear the tea? Like when they say... Oh, don't get into the Rorschach test again. <laughs> Does it exist? It's a silent tea. <laughs> it's there, it with a tea. but you don't say it. <laughs> it's like H in my no. name, Sarah. Do you hear the H? Do you hear it? No, you don't, do you? Or do you? Sarah. Sometimes I hear it. Sarah. Sarah. Sarah.